Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host Eddie Trunk. Welcome, folks. Eddie Trunk here, and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which, of course, by now you should know is new every Thursday and is always free and available wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe and listen every week. All the great interviews you want with all the great interview uh, subjects, meaning the great artists out there in the world of rock. That's what we specialize in and always did here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. As I tell you every week, the interviews you hear on this podcast all originated and aired live on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, heard Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, live. Nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern. And anytime you want, anything you want from the show on the Sirius XM app. The show is on channel 106 volume Monday through Friday on Sirius XM. There's also a sixth live show on Sirius XM with music and talk that rocks. Mondays 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on channel 39. You got the terrestrial FM show and of course this podcast making eight radio shows a week. Again, the interviews you hear on this podcast happen on Trunk Nation on volume you are hearing a rebroadcast of just a few of the many interviews I do throughout the week and month. Please join me each and every day for Rock Talk and come on board on Sirius XM if you're in the U.S. or Canada. Otherwise, you're getting a tiny, tiny fraction here by just listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here at Eddie Trunk on Twitter and Instagram and a fan page on Facebook and EddieTrunk.com, the official online home. My appearances are on the homepage. There are many, including next up this Friday, the 25th in Houston at Warehouse Live with Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys. This Saturday, the 26th in Tulsa with Lita Ford at the IDL Ballroom. And many more to come, including 4th of July weekend at M3. Just added Parker, Colorado at Deep Space Parker on the 7th of July hosting an acoustic show with Kip Winger, July 11th, Corning, California, with Skid Row, Warrant, and Winger, and Autograph, Rolling Hills Casino in Corning. Plenty more. It's all on the homepage of my website. Come on out and see me if I'm headed your way. Great to have shows back. Great to be out there connecting with everybody once again, both on the radio and in person. We have a great extended podcast for you with three guests, two in one and one solo 
And the common thread this week is all of them are women in rock. Some of the leading ladies in rock featured this week on the podcast. First up, we start with our virtual invasion. For those that don't listen every day on Sirius XM, from time to time, I do these shows called virtual or uh, trunk nation invasions, where we have a marquee artist on for an hour and we let the audience partake in the interview and call in and talk to them. The most recent one I did was with Amy Lee of Evanescence and Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. They were on together virtually via Zoom because they were promoting a tour that they're doing together later this year, both bands going out on a co-headline. So we talked to both of them at the same time to promote and talk about that tour. We'll lead with that. Also, you should note the interview you're about to hear has video of the entire interview. If you are a SiriusXM subscriber, you can watch that anytime you want on the SiriusXM app. This entire interview you're about to hear also has a video component if you'd like to watch it and you're on board with us at SiriusXM. So Lizzie Hale and Amy Lee first, uh, two tremendous voices, two tremendous women in rock extremely successful as well. And then second, Taylor Momsen of the Pretty Reckless, who also fits all those bills that I just told you about, a fantastic singer and another leading lady in rock. I love the new album from the Pretty Reckless, Death by Rock and Roll. It's my current album of the year. And Taylor, that interview is a little more brief and we'll put that second this week. She called in to just give us an update on the latest single from that album, called Only Love Can Save Me Now, that features two of her heroes, Ben Cameron and Kim Thale, or Matt Cameron and Kim Thale from Soundgarden, play on the track and are in the new video. We also get an update from Taylor on why The Pretty Reckless is not jumping back out on the road yet like so many other bands are. So really more of an update with Taylor because we've had her on for this record, but I thought that would make a great show along with Lizzie and Amy, who she is also done work with in the past. So kind of fun one this week, celebrating three of the uh, really leading young women fronting rock bands today in rock music, all on this week's podcast. Amy and Lizzie together to start with some audience calls, followed by Taylor Momsen of The Pretty Reckless, and also a couple audience calls, even though that wasn't an invasion, a couple audience uh, calls in that one as well. Okay, as promised, we've got a bunch of interviews for you. We start with Amy Lee of Evanescence, Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. It was a Trunk Nation virtual invasion. Happened a couple weeks ago on my Sirius XM radio show. Here's how it went. And we got another great one for you this time around. We are going to spend the next hour with two of the leading ladies in the world of rock, two incredible talents, great uh, singers as well. And it's great to welcome them both to the show. First, uh, a newcomer to the Trunk Nation world, and the first time I have a chance to uh, interview this lady, we welcome Amy Lee from Evanescence. Amy, nice to meet you. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, a veteran of the uh, the Trunk Nation world pretty much since day one, Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. Good to see you, Lizzie. Oh, great to see your faces. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Now, Lizzie is in her car which has a kick-ass sunroof, by the way. It looks like that's a really impressive sunroof above your head. But Lizzie was in a quest for Wi-Fi or good signal, so she is uh, actually doing this from 
You're in your vehicle. Is that correct? I am in my vehicle and uh, I can already feel the world getting very scared because I am actually behind the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) And Amy, you are in your, in your, in your home and I see a keyboard and some instruments there. Is that kind of a studio that you use? Yeah, this is my studio. Um, This is where I wrote a bunch of stuff from our last record, just out here, house away from people hearing me. It's really the best way. Now you are um, living in Nashville in the Nashville area as well, right, Amy? You're, but you're relatively new there, right? I am. I just moved here in 2019. Uh, been in New York for 13 years, so it's kind of a big change. But I mean, so many of our friends and our community had already moved here before we did. Lizzie's one of the instigators that encouraged me to come on down. Closer to family here. It's been it's been nice. Weird time, but you know, it's cool. It's cool to be here and have some space, especially this room. This has been just so good. And to be near the studio and Nick, everything that we accomplished last year, we wouldn't have been able to do if we hadn't made this move. So super grateful. It's amazing that, you know, Amy and I were talking a little bit before we started to do this. And it's amazing to me, the amount of rock artists who have been relocated over the years to Nashville and that area. Uh, obviously the area known for country for decades, but there is a huge rock presence there. And and Lizzie, um, what is that community like? And what has it been? Because you've been there a little bit longer. I mean, how do you feel about being there, being a, a Pennsylvania girl? But what has it been like being in, uh, in that area? And I imagine it breeds for a lot of great collaboration too, with so many people there like Amy and others. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the opportunities are, are, are endless and, and there's something going on every night. And Yes, the uh, the rock and metal community definitely invaded Nashville, and we're here to stay. Um, when when we first moved to Nashville, it, all of my friends and family thought I was crazy. They're like, "Oh, you're gonna go country now?" I'm just like, and then I have never found a, a just a bigger and a uh, just a vast spectrum of rock and rollers in this than in this town. So it's it's uh, it's it's that's the reason that I planted roots here. So songwriter town. So there's a lot of music creating and across genres well let me ask you this before we move on to a bunch of stuff we need to talk about of course we're going to welcome in our audience we have a a great audience that has some questions for the ladies that they're going to be asking and that's the whole part of doing these is to include the audience and their questions but um starting with you amy in the short time that you've been there have you run into anybody like at the supermarket or something that you're like oh my god there's whoever yeah i ran into jack white outside a restaurant and i had met her at uh like a concert, you know, we were both playing on the same festival and we had a nice little meeting years ago, but I hadn't seen him since. And I passed him and I was with my little boy who was like, you know, four or five at the time. And I was like, I have to go back. I have to turn around and go back and I can just say hi. Uh, and it was really cute. And I was like, hey, name my son Jack. And he was like, cool name. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely a place where you can run into people and people are pretty casual down here about all that. Lizzie, for you in the time you've been, who's who's been the big like surprise for you? Well, there was one point in time because I started befriending, um, you know, all of all of these cats that live here. And there's a, there's something that goes on. Uh, well, it, it used to go on before COVID BC um, <laughs> uh, called uh, the Rock and Roll Residency here in Nashville. And it's a bunch of guys that get together and then whoever's off tour. So there was one point in time where I'm I'm surrounded by there's Kip Winger, um, the uh, the uh, Sandy Denera from from John Jett and the Blackhearts. Um, <laughs> Uh, Rachel Boland from Skid Row, and we're all doing 
Adidas Priest cover. And I'm like, what is life right now? This is amazing. Um, so it, it, I, I've gotten to play with some of the guys in Aerosmith and, and um, obviously I've met some of my idols. Tom Kiefer lives out here. Um, but the corn guys are out here. Megadeth is out here. It's just like, it's, you just see people all the time. And same thing, I, I bumped into Jack White too. I think he gets around. <laughs> um, we just saw, we just down the road, we just saw Chris Stapleton walk by. So it's just like, but everybody's pretty cool. Nobody's like, oh, you know, nobody really bothers anybody, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, the rock and roll residency that, I mean, I know Jeremy and Ryan and all those guys, they're, they're amazing. That's such a fun jam. And uh, I've seen them do that. All right, so speaking of playing, um, the two of you going out on tour together, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to be talking about shows that are happening after over a year of shows that aren't happening and the two of you coming together and Evanescence and Hellstorm tour that is starting in November and the uh, tickets are on sale now. Uh, before we talk about the tour that you're going to do together, you both have known each other and done some different things together over the years but uh, starting with you, Amy, when did it first start? When did you first meet Lizzie? What was the first time you remember her coming on your radar? Because your band predates Hailstorm a bit. Well, we'd heard of each other, but um, I forget how the tour got organized to begin with, but we had a tour together in 2012. Um, and it was just one of those things like, that sounds cool. I'll do that. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll do that. And then we met like on the first day of the tour. Um, and Lizzie was awesome. I mean, just super um down to earth right away i was like oh okay like we're alike um but it's funny because i actually i think that was really the first tour that we did that was a full tour with another female fronted band um and that was the bill um it, it, it was the first time it was like that and it was so cool to find a real kindred spirit and a friend we just stayed friends after that and have enjoyed our collaborations very much yeah it's such a beautiful thing to be to to have a friend who is literally in the same position that you're at in the world, in your band, you know, all, we, you know, the same genre to, to really connect with, with a, um, with a, a woman like Amy, uh, that's kind of one of those once in a lifetime situations. Like we, we call it just like total golden human, um, where it doesn't matter how many years have gone by that we've been ships that pass in the night around tour. We always pick up right where we let leave off and, and we always say yes to each other's crazy ideas. So it's just, uh, I cannot think of a better way to really launch um, this brave new world, you know, of, of touring. Um, I can't think of a better person to do it with. A Amy, can I ask you? We're all like crazy. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, I'm saying same thing. Like we're missing good times. And like, if I think about good times on tour, we've had so many with Hellstorm. So like to go back to something that we haven't got to do for a long time, because that tour was in 2012. Like, it's just going to be really fun. Amy, can I ask you, when was the first time you remember hearing Hailstorm and that they first came on your radar as an act? It was around that time. Um, and it was there, I think, was it your second album, the, the Strange Case album? Was mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was the second. I, I think the first, probably the first song I heard was I Miss the Misery. And I really, really like that song. Um, and then for me, a big thing about being in any band, but especially chicks in bands, <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it's like, I want to know if you can really do that live. Cause there's so much that you can pull off in the studio, but it's really hard to get in front of that power of the band, um, with anybody's voice, but kind of, especially with a female voice, you got to have power. Um, and I remember watching that first night and being blown away by her voice, 
obviously she's an amazing guitar player. Well, I don't even know if that's obvious. She's an amazing guitar player as well. But vocally, I was just like, okay, we are in something good here. Like this is going to be a good tour. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think I probably watched every night. Um, so yeah, she's got the pipes. <laughs> We're, we're both vocal nerds. Well, and Lizzie, for you, what, when do you first remember hearing Evanescence? Because again, the release of the first Evanescence album was a few years prior to your uh, at least major label debut. So when do you remember hearing Amy sing and, and her band? And did it have, a, I imagine it had an impact on you as an aspiring rocker yourself? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we weren't, you know, anywhere close to being signed yet. And, um, when I heard Amy for the first time, it was Bring Me to Life. It was the first single, but it was on uh, 105.7 The X, um, you know, out of York and Harrisburg, Lancaster 11, and our local rock station. And I just remember your voice coming in, Amy. Like, I still remember this. We were in the car. I think we were going to a gig. We, were in, we had a, a family conversion van um, with the donkey trailer carrying our gear. <laughs> and... Uh, um, and I remember hearing your voice and being like, oh, Jesus, turn that up. Right. And that's, it's, that's the kind of music that I love. It's like that you weren't expecting to hear on the radio, but you, you know, you turn up the volume. And I, uh, I just remember feeling like, oh, thank God, because there's somebody there to, to pass the baton, you know, to be like, oh, hell no. I'm, you know, I'm here and I'm a girl and girls in rock are a thing. Um, we've talked about this a lot. Um, yes, uh, we've talked, we've talked, uh, about this a lot where it's, you know, you, um, I don't know. Oh, I forget where I was going with that. Cause he just distracted me. I'm so sorry. People are, are, are we're in the studio right now. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It was just, I, we've talked about how, when we were kind of first showcasing for labels or first meeting, uh, label people, they kind of looked at me and they're like, oh dude, like girls in rock aren't really a thing. So we don't know what to do with you. And then Amy kind of proved that completely wrong. So yeah, it opened a lot of doors. I think like the fact that that could be pushed forward to like helping anybody else really, it's, it's actually been a cool, like surprising thing for me because it didn't seem like I was the first at anything. I looked up to so many women in the nineties. I mean, Shirley Manson and Veruca Salt and Hole. There was a lot of stuff going on in the alternative moment. But then there was this change somehow in, I don't know, like 2000 or something. And suddenly girls were like pop, you know, girls were like the bubblegum thing and boys were like the super masculine hard rock thing. And suddenly it was vision and it was hard to say, I don't know. I always thought that being unique was really cool. And when we started getting that same kind of push, oh, well, sorry, there's nothing else like this. I was like, that's the plus, isn't that? Yeah, you want to be like somebody else and you just fade away. You want to be unique. You want to stand out. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's a fight for sure. That we all had to face like, sorry, there's nothing like it. It's like, well, how about we'll be the one and then check it out. I don't know. Worked out. So, so yeah, Amy, I, I think it worked out pretty well because Oh uh, three, the first Evanescence record fallen uh, to date in the U.S. alone, about 7 million copies and worldwide 17 million. I, I imagine nothing prepares you for out-of-the-box success like that. I mean, that just had to be staggering, I would think. Yeah, it's hard to sum it up. It, it comes with a lot. There's like, a when it's that big, that fast, there's positive and negative included. 
you have to make choices and kind of decide what stream you're going to go down. Is it going to be about keeping the instant fame like alive, keeping the mainstream world paying attention right now and striking while the iron's hot and not making it about the quality so much as the business and the money making and the staying in people's face real quick while you can and accepting every opportunity possible till you burn out and explode? Or is it about making art art and you're going to do what you're going to do and take the time it takes and say no and make people really mad <laughs> because you won't do everything they say and you have your own brain. Um, and I, I have fully believe, I'm glad to see at this point that we, you know, we've survived the way we have because we took the second road. I took the second road. Um, and it's been something that uh, hasn't been easy but it's totally worth it because I can stand by all, all the work that we've done and what our band has become with total pride. Um, that it's, it's, it's always, every time I listen to it, even the old stuff, it's like, yeah, I'm still proud of that. That was, that was good. <laughs> and Lizzie for Hellstorm, I mean, obviously out of the gate, there was some success, but it's been a different story in that it's been a gradual build. I mean, as I've told you, my favorite record you guys have made was the latest one, Vicious. And I know you're working on a new one, which we'll touch on in a second, but th that's, that's a bit of a different arc because, you know, I've watched you guys since day one and the, 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 the placement on the bills and the festivals each year goes up and the records sell more and all that. So it's been a bit of a more gradual thing for you, which I imagine has, has probably been a little easier for you to process, I would think. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've always felt lucky for the slow ride. You know, we, we've, uh, you know, I've been in this band longer than I haven't been in this band. I've been in this band since I was 13. It's been my lifelong obsession. Um, <laughs> and so, to, I mean, to even call this a career right now is still ridiculous to me. Like the fact that I can even do that and I get to do what I love um, for a living. Cause it was never about that. It was always about well, what do we do next? What do we do next? How do we keep going? How far can we take it? Has always kind of been the MO with Hailstorm. So, um, so yeah, it, it did feel like as much as I, you know, obviously you get overwhelmed at, at certain points in your life, believe me. Um, but I feel for the most part, as we would prepare and, and work really hard to make sure that when those opportunities present themselves or those doors open, um, that we were ready for it. But I feel like, you know, every time that we came through an obstacle. There was never a, oh, we can't get over this. We can't make, you know, the, there was never any of that. It was always, oh yeah, we're, we're going to figure it out. Well, whatever we got to do. So yeah. And it's still that way, you know, and I, I hope that we just keep moving, moving on. <laughs> so Amy, uh, you have with Evanescence, a new record that we're going to touch on here in a second. And, and we'll go to Lizzie after this because they're working on a new record at the moment. But I want to ask you, because you, you made a point a few minutes ago about doing things on your own terms and working at the pace that you're comfortable to maintain the quality of the material and, and not cave to outside pressures to do things when you're asked to do them. And I think that probably ties in with the bitter end because you had the synthesis record, but really this, the first studio record of all original material in quite a while. And people, I imagine that as much as it feels good when people say to you, why did it take so long? Because they want the record. There's probably another side of you that wants to say, hey, it's got to be good. And by the way, life happens too. You've dealt with some personal tragedy. I mean, there's a lot that goes on. So talk a little bit about the creation of, of, uh, of, the, of the Bitter Truth and how things have played out to get to this point. Yeah, I, it's so hard to sum up life, but life 
just is constantly surprising. Um, good, bad, up, down, like you never know what's around the corner. And I, I think that from a young age, I've known that I experienced tragedy in my early life, um, losing my sister when I was six. And my family is, is, I have a great family and the mental process behind some of that, some of what we learned together has been, you just got to live for the, for every moment and you don't know what's next, but don't be afraid of it. Like just live in the moment now and don't miss what's happening around you because this is life. This is it. And you don't know if you don't know if you have tomorrow. So you kind of have to seize it. That's been a beautiful thing and, and remain true in my life. And when we've made albums, every single experience has been different. Every single lineup has been slightly different between every album. Changes happen. People have to move on. You know, it's like it's like a, a relationship and breakups and, you know, all of that. It's just such an interesting thing. So the time in between for me, every time I, I take a moment in my head where I allow myself to let it go, to not let it be my entire identity, to where if I never make another album ever again, then I don't know who I am anymore. I know who I am. And it is part of me. And it's come back to me organically every time and been something that my heart truly desires. And the sounds that come out that sound like Evanescence, they're really me. And that I know for sure, because I never forced it when I wasn't ready to. It's always something that came from a real, real desire and a real place. And I love this album so much more than I can even say. I was just listening to it today just for fun. I, it's the best feeling in the world to be able to come together with your friends, rely on your friends when you're stuck, you know, and put your whole heart into something and just love it with everything you have and give it all you got and then be able to listen back and go, yeah, that's really good. Like that's better than, than it would be if I just dreamed it up and, you know, farted it out. <laughs> like I worked on that for a whole, a whole long time. I mean, we, we made the album over the course of last year, really, but we'd been building those songs for a long time. A, a few of the songs that made it onto the record finally um, were pieces of things that didn't get completed or, or didn't come together the right way on our last album in 2011. So to have it all really come to life, what it sounds like to me when I listen back and hear it is my life. Like, it just sounds like a huge part of my life and my band, all of us, we're all in there. It just, it, it just feels really good. So the experience was good for me, especially through last year, which was such a, I don't even know how to sum up last year. It was just full of and um, anxiety and so many things spiraling out of control where you just feel like, what the fuck? Like we really, sorry, we really, you know, don't, don't know if we have tomorrow for real. So let's put that in action, you know, and be our best selves right now, because what if it's the last day, you know? So like really, really making that come true and making this album, it saved all of us. It made all of us, every one of us in the band feel like we had a reason and a purpose last year instead of just, you know, feeling depressed and out of control. Yeah, it's it's awesome to hear that because it's it's coming up, as you know, in a couple of years, on, on 20 years since the release of the debut, which is crazy to think about. But it's it's pro it's four or five records in the catalog. So you've done records when you felt it was right to do records and the material was there. And as a result of that, it, it's very rare for me to hear an artist say, hey, I can look back on everything in my catalog and I really like it and I'm really proud of it. A lot of times they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about that one or you know, whatever. So it's great that you feel that way. That's a really refreshing thing to hear. I have, 
I have plenty of stuff that I've created that sucks. I just don't put it out. And the fans, many of the ones <laughs> I've been asking for the same shit over and over for years, and I am not going to put it out. Sorry. <laughs> you heard a snippet. That's all you're going to get. <laughs> Lizzie, let me ask you, uh, the, again, I love Vicious. That's a, a, already a few years ago now that you put that out. Uh, you did do an EP uh, in between uh, then and now. But where I know you're working on the record. I know you're in with Nick doing the record. Uh, how is the progress on it? How are you feeling about it? And when can fans expect it? Um, uh, it's it's going great. We're, we're actually kind of in... the kind of an 11th hour everything's starting to really congeal and and um uh, just just reveal itself um so we're at the tail end of it um we already have a first single picked and so that was just that was just happened and so we're you're definitely going to be hearing music sooner than later um as far as the release date of the record i don't have that yet but um but it's it's interesting i, I what what amy was saying about you know, your mindset and what you, what you do music for. You know, I think a lot of us were questioning that over the past year and change about, okay, well, why, why, why am I still doing this? What, who am I without touring? Who am I without, you know, all of the normal things that make my life normal. And, um, and I, we took, or at least I, I can't speak for the guys, but I took writing when there was no real schedule because we didn't know what was going to open up. I took to, to writing to kind of have that be my escape, have that be my stage, have that be, you know, so what you're going to hear on this record is, is a lot of that, a lot of me placing myself um, in, in this spot, you know, in uh, this communion of people um, that I feel most comfortable. And this is, you know, just surrounded by everyone that, that loves the same music that I do. So um, I can't wait for everybody to hear it, but yeah, wait, <laughs> Uh, Nick just got, he finished making the Evanescence record and then we were right behind him. So you're passing the baton yet again, <laughs> Amy, <laughs> he followed you. Um, I'm there today. Um, and I drive by there all the time and I, I think about you and I'm like, I'm not going to drop in. That'd be weird. But I, I was driving around like, I got a ticket. I got pulled over yesterday because I had expired tags and they were expired like a year. It was bad. And I was like, okay, shit, I'm in trouble. So um, I had to go past right past you guys to go um to the uh, county clerk <laughs> and i all whenever i go past i just think about you guys and i wonder what your new song sounds like tell me when i can come by and hear it <laughs> At, anytime anytime you're gonna love it, um, it that's I a think. great place to be no you're gonna love it it's such it's such a cool so. And a, and a shout out to Nick for those listening is Nick Raskulinitz, who is the producer who's who's worked with Hailstorm and Evanescence, is doing the new Hailstorm, did the last Hailstorm, did the Evanescence record, and is a regular listener of this show and texter to me about any time I have artists on that he's produced, he's texting me and he's, he's or I'm just talking about rock. He's like, I got to chime in on that. So I think he's been on with me or at least on my radar almost more than the artists themselves because he's he's such a fellow rock nerd. So you got to love that. Yeah. He's so passionate and, and yeah, he's exactly. He's, he's a fan of music. And I know that sounds surprising. Like, Oh yeah. A music producer that isn't a fan of music. There are a lot of those. There are a lot of the, like those types of producers that are not fans of your music, let alone really listen to your genre. So it's just great to be working with a producer, you know, that just loves the same kind of music and knows what we can do. And, um, and, and he's not afraid to like, we, we, we've written so much material for this record and 
a lot of it, like we end up throwing out and then, you know, rewriting and whatever. And it's like, like what Amy said, what people don't understand is that you work so hard. You have to be willing to work so hard just to throw it all away and do it again <laughs> and make sure it's right. Cause it has to be right. Cause you don't want to look back and be like, Oh, I should have said something about that. So, yeah. All right. Well, we have to take a break. And then when we come back, the whole reason we do these, uh, as we call them, virtual invasions is to include our great audience. So let's take a break and come back. And we've got some great questions from people who are watching and listening virtually over Zoom. And we're going to bring those folks into the broadcast right after this as we continue with Lizzie Hale and Amy Lee and the Trunk Nation virtual invasion, of course, Hailstorm and Evanescence touring together starting in November. Be sure to get your tickets now. All of those are on sale now. So go to your usual ticketing outlets. It kicks off November 5th in Portland and wraps up December 18th. So a nice run of shows coming up towards the end of the year with these two great bands hitting the stage together. We'll come back and get the audience questions going on Trunk Nation after this. Eddie Trunk back with you here on Sirius XM 106 volume. And this virtual invasion is Amy Lee of Evanescence and Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. They are touring together and those tickets are on sale now for a tour that runs November 5th through December 18th. Go to the respective bands websites for more info, the dates, the links to get tickets. And you can, uh, you can get out there and see this great show and those tickets again on sale. Now the new, album from Evanescence, The Bitter Truth, is out now. And as we just heard, Lizzie and Hailstorm are in the studio working on their follow-up record to Vicious and hopefully a single coming soon and the record coming at some point shortly after that. Okay, let's get to our audience questions right now. And our first viewer listener is Andrew. And Andrew is in Queens, New York. Let's get Andrew on the screen and on the air with us. Hi, guys. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hi, ladies. Hey, Eddie. Big fan. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, the question I have for the ladies are, um, since there are so many new bands out with phenomenal female vocalists, what are your thoughts on that? What's not to love? <laughs> I think it's really cool. I think it's inspiring. I've definitely seen that grow, you know, from my time in, in the industry to now. Um, especially in the hard rock and metal scene, big time. It used to be just like a couple artists I could count on my hands, one hand. Now it's a whole bunch that I couldn't name all of. Um, and I'm discovering new ones every day. I like Poppy. That's, it's And there's this other thing. Um, have you heard of um, Nina Sawayama? It's like, I don't know if it's that she's always really rock, like metal, but like she just went for it on this album or something. It's just like heavy mixed with these pop moments and it's really good and I really like it. So I love discovering new music and I love the ladies. <laughs> Lizzie, we have, um, we've talked about this. There's been, it's been great to see, and I've seen this just from my vantage point, not only women in bands in rock now, whether they be singers, drummers, guitar players, what have you. But also I think there's been great strides just being out at shows and festivals 
in women that are part of crews and on the road and just part of the touring entourages. As we've talked about before, it used to be, oh, they're in the wardrobe department or something. Now they're tour managing. It's everything. So th there has been some some great stuff, both that the fans see as, as far as the women in the bands, but also I think behind the scenes too. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's, and it's changed fairly quickly. You know, like Amy said, it's like, even, even 10, 12 years ago, it, it wasn't like that. You know, you, you, you didn't see, you know, um, female lighting techs and tour managers and sound guys. And, and when you did, it was a super rarity. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I, you know, everyone's coming out of the woodwork. Um, I feel like, we're in a beautiful time, you know, for, for women, you know, we, we just keep, we keep moving forward and we keep seeing the progress and um, keeping our eyes forward and on the, on, on the prize. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just, we're all coming out of the woodwork and taking over. It's great. <laughs> Amy, Amy had mentioned Poppy. Are there any new artists that you've heard recently that you really like as far as uh, uh, female singers, Lizzie? Um, yeah. Um, actually it's, there's this uh, young band called Plush and they're, uh, they're super new, super young. Um, the lead singer, uh, Mariah Formica, is actually, uh, she was influenced by both Amy and I. And so it's kind of this beautiful thing to see, you know, um, there was one point in time that I was actually playing with this girl um, at an outdoor festival, and it was her opening up for me and me opening up for Joan Jett. And so it was this beautiful, like, just passing of the baton, just like, this is an, an amazing feat. So I really like those guys. Lil, Lil, uh, Lil Zar, her this reinvention of Juliet Sims. I'm really into right now. Um, same thing with Poppy is amazing. I, I, like Amy said, I'm I, like, it's just kind of coming at me. It used to be, we, we would have to dig to like find the, the females in this genre. And they're just, they're falling right into our laps, <laughs> right in the boat. Yeah, I, not a new artist, but I got to give a shout out to the new Pretty Reckless album because I, it is my favorite record oh, they ever yeah. made, and I love that record. I think it's amazing, and uh, Taylor's voice on that is just insane too. So, let's welcome Jordana. Jordana, you're on with Amy and Lizzie. Welcome. Hi guys. Hey, how are you? Hey. Hey. Nice to see you both again. I love you both. Um. I have a two-part question for both of you. Uh, so in the spirit of it being Pride Month, I was wondering how you both feel about being so iconic in the LGBTQ community. Um, and does it add any pressure to you to stand out more or to make more music about inclusivity and equality? Cool. Um, it doesn't add pressure. It's a wonderful honor. Um, I think that, you know, something about being who we are, being, being chicks in hard rock is, kind of about feeling like we're forging our own path and you know we're a little bit different from a lot of the people around us and it's just a good thing like the more that we can all come together and like embrace each other's differences and support each other no matter what it's awesome it's it's a, it's a huge honor and yeah happy pride i know lizzie has stuff yeah no it's 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 like amy said it's a it's a beautiful honor to uh you know to have been welcomed with open arms uh to the lgbtq community but um yeah music has given us the ability and the platform to be you know as i say before unapologetically ourselves and to stand up for what we believe in um and uh and so yeah i, I there's like you said there's no pressure but we're able to do it and i feel like with both amy and i we decided a long time ago that if anybody was you know 
ever listening to what we have to say that we would do it for good and do it for the positivity and scream it from the rooftops. So, yeah. All right. Let's welcome in uh, one more before we have to take a break. And we have Sabrina joining us right now. And again, I don't have cities on where these folks are joining us from, but they'll have to let us know when they get on the screen. Hi, Sabrina. Welcome. And where are you uh, calling from today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not Sabrina. I'm her mother. Um, Hi, you know. Hi. Good to see Hi. you. Good to see you, too. Are you filling in for Sabrina? Because your screen yes, says Sabrina. Yes, I know. I'm, I, she had to leave. So I'm doing, okay. I'm doing her question for her. Is oh, that okay? Awesome. All right. Of course. Okay. Of course. Good. Okay. She wants to know, what was the first song that you loved from each other's library? Mm. Yeah. Um, well, we were talking about that earlier. And my, I mean, my answer is I miss the misery first, but I, I love that whole album um, that you had at that time. We mm. went on tour together. There's a bunch of great songs. Um um, I remember really connecting with Going Under on your debut and also Tourniquet. And there were just a lot of really great gems. You know, I, I know everybody always talks about Bring Me to Life and that was obviously how I was introduced to you because for single and all, but um, but yeah, there's so many good things. And yeah, I, we're on that, which was cool. And we got to sing it together. So That's true. That's true. <laughs> there's that one too. <laughs> when you guys play together on this tour that's going to come up, I imagine, have you talked about this yet? Are you going to do some crossover within each other's sets? Are you going to, somebody going to jam with somebody at the end? Do you, have you talked about any of that or too soon? The whole script of what we're going to do in November now. Give away all, <laughs> all the secrets. Yes, we have been talking. <laughs> you have been. All right. Got some ideas. They're not firmed up. We got some plans. We'll do something. There's, there, there's too many great things that we could do. And so we have to narrow that down. <laughs> Or else will there we're just be take over the entire night? Will there be a third act on the bill, or is it just the two of you? Yeah, I don't know when that's going to be announced, but we will have somebody opening for us, and we've been plotting that recently. Okay, yes. wow. very very cool. All right, let's do one more break, and we'll come back. We have a few minutes left. We have a few questions here that were emailed in that I'll try to squeeze in, time permitting, from some folks, and uh, we'll get ready to wrap it up on this Trunk Nation LA Invasion with Lizzie Hale and Amy Lee. We'll be right back after this. So ladies, I have a few questions here via email that we want to include, and uh, I'll hit you with these. This one comes from Jeff Thompson, and Jeff writes, what exactly was the progenitor? Wow, that's a, that's a big word from Jeff. That's above my pay grade. What was the progenitor for getting you all together for a 2021 tour? Was it the pandemic or something you both always wanted to do? You kind of touched on this a little bit before. You were not really sure how this totally came together, but uh, obviously your friends, you've worked together before, you've been on shows together. Was it any, was it just something that you both talked about or something managers and reps did? How did it first come on your radar to play together and do this tour? Yeah, this is deliberate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this one, this one was deliberate. Yeah, the, the, the first time was like, oh yeah, this kind of came together, but yeah, this was premeditated. 
Um, but yeah, like, like I was saying before, it's like, I just, man, I just can't think of a better <laughs> person, you know, to go out on tour with for the, for our maiden voyage and to the arenas, to the arenas. <laughs> the first one, I don't know how it came about, but this one was just like, now we know what we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I like it. <laughs> we got far too much fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have an email question here. This is from Blake Whitaker and Blake is in Greenville, South Carolina. And Blake wants to know, how did the time off due to COVID affect your creative processes? So we'll start with you on that one, Amy, as well. What, how was the downtime? Obviously you made a record during it, but, but how did that impact what came out on the record? I guess. It just made it all more urgent. Um, not just about the lockdown, but everything that was going on, it was just like the world was on fire and it felt like this moment where it was like, it's time to go. Like, we can't wait another minute to do what we're going to do. If we're going to do it, the time is now. Um, and it really lit a fire under us, even though everything became more challenging. It did. Um, we, our guitar player, Jen is in Germany, you know, after the first four songs that we did at the beginning of 2020 and after the lockdown, we've had to work with her remotely ever since I haven't seen her since then. Um, and we tried to get her here for a live stream really hard and it was impossible at the time, um, due to travel bans. So it's, it's been challenging in multiple ways, but it's almost like the more challenging it was, the more we wanted it and the more that we knew that we wanted it. And I think this has been a really productively creative time for the creatives, um, where for me personally, like isolation and time stuck at home without anything to distract me from what I really need to do. It's actually a good thing and part of my natural process. And it was kind of forced on and it's like, okay, this is what has to happen. I'm going to spend every day doing this and focusing on this. So for me, creatively, it was, it was a positive thing. I think for, for my whole band. Lizzie, how about you? I know you did some, you did a lot of virtual stuff too. You were active online and doing stuff with other people and your own performances. And, and then of course, I'm sure writing and, working on this record you you just recorded, right? Um, yeah, you know, it's, we, in the beginning of um, the, the pandemic, um, I really, it, it was weird. It's almost like you weren't, I wasn't even writing for a record. I knew that maybe there would be an impending record coming up, but just kind of writing to write and writing, um, like I was talking about before, writing as an escape, um, you know, put, like I said, placing myself there in front of a crowd because I really did miss that. That was a huge chunk of my, identity that I had to kind of learn how to not not only how to go with that this has been the longest it was it has been it's been the longest we've ever gone in our history of being a band without a live show um you know because even even when I was 14 years old I had like a bowling alley gig twice a month you know so it's like there was a big uh, it was a big change for us but um but yeah like like Amy said it forced a lot of us to be creative I did a lot of collaborations um, I said yes to a lot of different adventures that I wouldn't probably wouldn't normally say yes to if we were on tour. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I, it put us in a, in a kind of backwards place, but I'm 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 actually I'm grateful. I'm learning to be grateful for that time because it made me look at music differently and it made me look at, to, you know, try not to take anything for granted. And everything that, like Amy said before, everything that you put out there, put it out there like it was going to be your last, you know, so. Yeah. I should mention real quickly that I've been mentioning the tour you're doing together, which starts in November, a bit down the road. But uh, for Hellstorm, Lizzie, I know you have some shows lined up in July, and you also have a couple scattered appearances, including 
uh, on Rocklahoma, which I host every year and I see you at usually. So you've got a few scattered things that people should go to the Hailstorm website and see those dates. And and for you, Amy, is there anything live for Evanescence prior to the tour that you're doing in November with Hailstorm? Um, I don't have anything booked right now. We are looking forward to November and just like plotting our revenge till then. Um, I'm not totally opposed to things coming up before then, but we've had to, we've had to postpone our European Within Temptation tour like three times. By the time we finally do the tour, it's going to have been whole years since the original dates. Um, I am really tired of postponing and canceling things, so we're playing it a little bit safe. <laughs> I don't want anything to happen even November. I really do, <laughs> but we'll see. You know, if something cool comes. Yeah, I think international is going to be challenging for a while for for most people, but uh, but here in the U.S. things seem to be pretty pretty cool and open, and let's hope it stays that way. So we'll keep an eye. Everybody keep an eye on the band sites and see as things develop. And let's get one more question in here. This is from Ezra, and Ezra is in Indiana. And Ezra writes, "You both have very distinct vocal styles. What are some of your biggest influences on your vocals?" We'll start with you on that one, Lizzie. Um. I grew up listening to a lot of my dad's music. So it was a lot of uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio and a lot of Deep Purple and, and um, you know, all of that. And then I, uh, and then I discovered Heart and everything was over. I'm like, oh, wow, Ann Wilson can do this too. So probably one of my biggest influences as far as female vocals goes, probably going to go to Ann. And for people that don't know and haven't followed that closely, Hailstorm has done a bunch of covers and cover EPs and stuff, which I love. And I'm sure a lot of those are influences for you as well. You did a duet with Nobody's Fool for Tom Kiefer. So a lot of that, you've always worn that really on your sleeve, which I think is great. Did a great version of you know, another pioneering uh, female vocalist who I think it's a joke is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is Pat Benatar. And I know you did uh, you did Hell is for Children, Lizzie. Hailstorm did an amazing version of that. So that's uh, that that's really cool that you've always. I mean, people can really just see from the artists you covered some of the ones that had impact on you. Yeah, I I was a child of the '90s, but I was that '90s kid that was obsessed with '80s hard rock and metal. And so, yeah, some of those some of those girls in my school they looked at me like I was from another planet. They're like, "Why are you listening to this?" <laughs> so I still wear it very much in my sleeve. I do appreciate the '90s, obviously, but uh, that's it started. You know, it, I've always been about a decade behind, you know, if I could go back in time, I definitely would be a Pat Benatar wannabe. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amy, I, I know, Amy, I know that on uh, this, there's, I guess it's the special edition of the latest record you covered. I think that was it the chain uh, or, and banana Rama. I know cruel summer. You did cruel summer, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, just because the lyrics suddenly like, hilariously applied to last year <laughs> um it was a cruel summer for sure and i was like we should do this song um but yeah the chain was a pleasure to do i am a child of the 90s as well and embraced the 90s i was a grunge girl um and bjork vocally is my biggest vocal influence i still to this day am very inspired by her and her journey um through music it's really been fascinating for me and i just love her as a vocalist also tori amos um Chris Cornell, um, trying to think, Beth Gibbons from Portishead, people that emote, um, people that emote some, you know, it's got the rock thing, you know, go all the way, but also the ability to like really sing 
softly, like from the heart and, and show the vulnerable side. Mm. I, I think that's something that's always been really interesting to me as a listener um, is, is hearing the power, but then also feeling the fragility of a human. Yeah, and one more I just thought of too, Lizzie, uh, you did an amazing version of I Will Always Love You, which is known as the as a Whitney Houston song, but it's really a Dolly Parton song. Uh, that was that must have been a fun one to tackle and quite ambitious to do. Look, I, I don't know why I do this. I do this all the time where I say <laughs> yes and then dive head first. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to figure it out. Um, but I, I'm telling you, like right before it was like the day to do those vocals, I'm like, what if, what if I can't actually, what if I can't do, you know, it's like, I didn't even, I didn't question myself, which is a good thing, but like until right before. And then, um, and then you just kind of have to let that go and just do, <laughs> do, do your best job. But yeah, no, I, I like, I think I, I secretly like doing that to myself. I like just kind of throwing <laughs> myself head first in the shark tank and figure it out as I go along. It feels good to be challenged like that, no matter what, you know? Yeah. You're doing it to yourself, which is kind of, I'm just like, that's dumb. I, I, I have free will here. <laughs> and I do that every time we make music and I make the songs way too high. And then I have to go out and sing them live. And oh like, yeah. Why did I do that? I knew better. I knew I do this every time. Why does it be so high? I, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. I say this to artists that I love and the singers that I love. And I was like, do you ever wonder that like, you're painting yourself into a corner because in 30 years, 40 years, you got to sing that. And so we, we all know there's those freaks like the Steven Tyler's of the world that can still do it, but there's most people cannot even come close. And it's like, I would worry if I'm an artist, like, man, am, am I, am I painting myself into a corner here that I'm going to regret in 30 years? But I guess you just got to go for it while you can do it. Right. Yeah. You can't think about that. Cause you can think your way out of it. Too. Like you can think your way out of being able to do it too. Like the mind is such a, a crazy thing and um and it's very much a big it's a huge part of what we do is that mental capacity so yeah you can't we don't ask ourselves those questions <laughs> just like nope it's just gonna be this way everything you've got in this moment right now today like there's no yeah. tomorrow and figure out what's gonna happen yep. figure out what's gonna happen live in november when you get to november you know and you get your rehearsals and, and figure it out you know because it's <laughs> it's just one of those things like you're either gonna do your best or what are we doing here like it's got to be your best right now in the yeah. everything you've got. So yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pete, you enjoyed it while you were doing it. And so did the audience. And you worry about that when you got to worry about it. Uh, so ladies, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Appreciate the time. Best of luck on the, the records. Uh, of course, Amy, your record that's out now doing great. And Lizzie can't wait to hear the new record coming and uh, best to both of your bands as well. And Lizzie, uh, send send my best to the band and and uh, all the guys as well. Great to see you both. Everybody, check out the tour you, Evanescence and Hailstorm starting in November, and tickets are on sale now. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. Uh, thank, thank you for you, being Eddie. part of the Trunk Nation Virtual Invasion. Thank you, everybody who's listening Yay. and who watched. And we will see you again on volume soon. Take care. Thanks to Amy and Lizzie. Again, video of that entire conversation now on the SiriusXM app. Coming up, a check-in with Taylor Momsen of The Pretty Reckless.
Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Eddie Trunk back with you. I love the new album from the Pretty Reckless Death by Rock and Roll. Still my leading candidate for album of the year for 2021. Thought it would be good to check in with Taylor Momsen once again. Get a little update from her about the band and also a brand new single featuring two members of Soundgarden. Here's Taylor Momsen. And I reached out to Taylor Momsen to come back on and say hello because her album with her band, The Pretty Reckless, is still my album to beat as we're at the midway point of the year, the benchmark album for me of this year of 2021 for album of the year. I absolutely love this record and I wanted to do a little catch up with Taylor and talk about a brand new single and video that just was released from it called only love can save me now. And Taylor Momsen joins us on the show right now. Hey Taylor, welcome back. How are you? What's up, Eddie? How are you? I'm good. Where are you? Are you still in Maine or did you make it back I to am, New York? Uh, I am still in Maine and I'm dying to get back to New York. <laughs> so, um, at this point, it's been way too long and I, I missed the city. So uh, hopefully I'll be there soon. What's the problem? Everything's open now. You're not that far away. Well, now that everything's open, I, I came up here, you know, before lockdown started because we rehearse up here. That's where our rehearsal space is. So oh, now that okay. everything's open, we can finally get in a room. So we're we're uh, starting rehearsals again and, and getting back at it. So that's why I'm I'm still up here. <laughs> uh, I got well. I'm sure it's beautiful there anyway. So I would I would want to spend as much time in there as possible, finally, right? Yeah, it's finally getting warm and like there's a crazy heat wave last week. It's like 100 degrees and now it's cold again. So I don't know. It's, it's fluctuating in temper, temperature, but uh, it's, it's it's good. It's still it's nice. Yeah, you know, it's pretty. Well, you got to go and splash around in the water during the heat wave for the new video, at least, right? Did you do that in Maine? No, we did not. We actually that was one. I, we talked about this uh, back in November. We filmed three videos in four days in New York City, and this was the third one we filmed. Is the the last one. Um, so it was actually done in New York, uh, well, technically Brooklyn, but, um, it was, uh, it was cool, man. It was, uh, it was basically the treatment was like, you know, living in the eye of the storm and, you know, representing the craziness of the world right now. And, uh, we essentially just made a hurricane inside, which was pretty nuts. And then to get, you know, Matt and Kim, we had a secondary, you know, this was during COVID too. So like a 60 person crew in New York, like testing and like all it was it was it was nuts man. it was mayhem and we had a secondary crew in seattle to film matt and kim and to get the cameras to like you know line up and have it look cohesive i was directing via facetime and like it was it was pretty uh pretty insane but i think it turned out pretty awesome so i'm um, i'm really happy with it and i'm so excited that it's finally out it did come out really cool and i, I didn't realize you did those all in, in one clump and for you it had to be i mean amazing to have Matt Cameron and Kim Thale from Soundgarden, of course, on the song itself, but then to be able to get them to be in the video had to be really, really awesome that they agreed to do that. Oh, it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, like I, I owe them everything. Like it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the song or the video that it is without them. So, you know, they're they're magicians at their instruments. <laughs> You know what's amazing about that song, and and you know you know how much I love this record. But you know what's amazing about that song is that 
just for clarity, they Kim didn't write that riff, right? That was Ben. I mean, that they had nothing to do with the writing of the song, right? No, yeah, that was that was all Ben. Which incredible is how Soundgarden it sounds that they didn't write it. Yeah, no, I mean they, I, I, we had a, I, you know, we recorded a demo of it, and I sent it to to Matt, and I sent it to Kim, and I called Matt, and was like, hey man, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I was like, you know, this this song kind of has a Soundgarden esque feel to it, and you know, would you guys want to play on it? Because if you know, if we do it ourselves, we're just going to sound like we're ripping you off. Um, <laughs> and they thankfully said yes, and uh, it was uh, it was awesome. I mean, we we went to Seattle, we recorded at London Bridge Studios to record them, and um you know matt just as soon as he hits a snare and as soon as kim you know plays his first note on the guitar the whole song just like exploded into you know its full potential and it was just uh it's phenomenal it was awesome it had to be really cool too especially for kim because i could be wrong now i had kim on this show it's probably been a couple years but we did a a special with him in LA at the rainbow when I was doing those every month. And he came out and we did a whole thing with him. I think it was at the, for the reissue of super unknown or something at the time. But, you know, it seemed to me like he really had the itch to want to play a lot more and do some stuff. But obviously we know there's like, you know, some drama with Soundgarden and what's going on. Um, so for him to be able to get out there and play and do a video and be on the song, I, I would imagine it had to be fun for him too. Did he express any of that to you? Yeah, I mean, I hope he had a good time. Um, he, uh, he, it was a, it, it was a great time. I mean, it really was. I think it was, it was a, it was a very kind of natural fit. Like it just kind of, you know, it was, it was kind of one of those magic moments. You know, when you go into the studio and it's like, is this gonna work? And as soon as you know they played it, it was like, well, we kind of all looked at each other and went, well, that works. Um, okay, should we do another take? <laughs> um, you know, and Kim you know, I really wanted to give him space to kind of shine and give him, you know, uh, his, you know, masterful moment on the song, which he, he certainly, uh, takes charge of and, you know, delivers his, his solo is just absolutely insane. Yeah, it really, really is. Um, speaking of being in LA, uh, it's been a few years already since that tribute show for Chris Cornell. It's, I guess it's two, three years, whatever it's been. I'm, I, I'm not sure, but, uh, the thing at the forum that you performed at as well, and I mean, I was there. I got there late, though, because I just landed, but I was there for some of it. Do you know, because I'm trying to figure this out, too. Do you know if that was shot? Because it would be amazing for that to come out. Do you know, did they ever tell you if it was filmed or not? I actually don't know. Um, this a while ago. I, it might have been, um, but I'm not sure. I actually don't have an answer for that. Yeah, because some fans that were there that were in the in the seats told me that there were cameras positioned around the arena and that it was shot. But it would be great because what I forgot what you sang again. What did you sing? Uh, I did three songs. I was supposed to do one and I was supposed to just do Loud Love. And then I got to Los Angeles and a couple of people, I guess, had dropped out. or I don't know. I don't really know what happened, but uh, Matt asked if I could do a couple more. Um, and so we, I did drawing. I did Loud Love, Drawing Flies and Rusty Cage which Rusty Cage was a, that got thrown at me. I wasn't, I was just supposed to do Drawing Flies and Loud Love and we did those in rehearsals. Um, and then the day, the night before um, I was leaving, you know, sound check at the forum. Um, 
And I was literally in the car and they pulled me out of the car and went, you have to sing Rusty Cage, get up, get back on stage. And I was like, oh, crap. Um, I don't, this is, this, you know, Soundgarden's complicated. Um, and, you know, as much as I've listened to them, you know, singing them is, you know, is a whole different thing. So I didn't really get to rehearse that one too much. But, uh, you know, so I, I did my best. Yeah, no, you killed it. You were you were awesome. I mean, uh, remember Miley Cyrus was great too. She came out and sang some stuff. I caught that. I remember it was just it was an incredible um, evening. It really was, and and even backstage and just the vibe, everyone hanging out and remembering and celebrating Chris and all that great music. It's just it, the reason why I bring it up is because I often think about it, and I missed some of it because I literally landed at LAX and. It was literally Tom Morello holding the backstage door for me to come back. And I, I, I walked in and I caught what I could catch, but I, the stuff I missed, I'd love to see and hear. And you would think that that would make like a really cool video at some point to come out, maybe even raise money for the charity that it was done for. So hopefully if it was shot and recorded, I can't imagine a night like that wouldn't have been documented in some way. Hopefully somehow that can come out at some point. Yeah, I think that would be cool. I mean, I know there were cameras, but I don't know if they were just for, like, the Jumbotrons or if they were actually recording it. Yeah, yeah. So you said you did these three videos. So so 25, super cool video. These are really, like, awesome videos that you can tell you put a lot into. Do you enjoy making music videos? Obviously, you come from an act, uh, an acting background, but do you enjoy the process of making videos? Does it kind of uh, drum up some of your feelings as an actress when you do them? I wouldn't say an actress because it's more just creating music videos are kind of complicated because it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, you, you want to create a visual that, you know, represents the song and is entertaining, but doesn't take away from the song. Um, and, you know, it just kind of enhances it. And so that's always, especially in rock, that's kind of a complicated thing to do because, you know, our songs have so many transitions and, you know, they move. It's not just like a steady constant kind of like hip-hop or something or it's just a constant uh you know beat it's you know there's there's a lot of dynamic and so to to represent that in a in a video is, is always kind of challenging um but it's certainly something that yeah i i certainly enjoy it because i i like putting visuals to to music that's it's something that i've always um you know gravitated towards from album covers to videos like you know i write all the treatments and uh it's just kind of an extension of the song i think so it you know it never really feels full circle if you don't get to make a video for it. So um, hopefully we're going to make more, um, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd make one for every song on the album, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but hopefully we'll have a couple more coming out um, relatively soon. What would you like to do them for? What songs? Uh, all of them. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to see one for Witches Burn. I think would be really cool. That's certainly on the list. Um it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to narrow down the list because, you know, as soon as you, as soon as I write like three out, then you add three more and it's the whole record. So, um, so we're going to, you know, we're going to figure that out soon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me ask you about this, you know, beyond the songs, now that I've lived with this record for a long time and, 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 uh, and love it so much beyond the songs, your vocal, the performances, everything on it being so stellar. One of the things I really love about it is the sound of the record. You know, there there are a lot of records today as a fan that bother me because they're what they call brick walled, where they're just over compressed. You don't hear everything. 
I love a loud, punchy record, but I also love to hear everything. And I think sonically, your record sounds amazing. I love the mix of it. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, who you did work with on this record? I know we, we've covered in the past Cato and how important he was to you. But moving forward, when you worked with, on this record, a, a, a guy I'm looking at the credits by the name of Jonathan Wyman, what was his background and how did you, I mean, that had to be a really important decision, I would think you know, not working with your producer of so many years, working with somebody new on this. Talk a little bit about that and, uh, and what he brought to this project. Well, John's a, an old dear friend of mine. Um, and I've, I've known him for years. We've actually, he recorded some of the, uh, acoustic stuff we did on going to hell, like some of the bonus tracks. Um, and so I've known him for a long time and, you know, after losing Cato, we were kind of in a, you know, we were in a very dark place and, and, you know, going to, you know, a big name or a big producer or someone like that, it just, it didn't feel right to us. You know, we were kind of, we were so involved in, you know, the songs and like, we really, we really needed to kind of um, be in a safe space, I guess, with someone we know and someone we trust. And John's a fantastic engineer and a, you know, a fantastic producer. He started out, I mean, he he used to work in New York and stuff and, and was, that he kind of got, he didn't really, he kind of got out of the rat race, I guess, for lack of a better term and um, opened up in now works in Maine. And, and uh, his whole, his whole plight, his whole thing is just make it sound good. Like that's, that's all he cares about is make it sound good. Um, and that's, you know, that's really what we were looking for. Um, and he's just, he's such a, he's like a big teddy bear. He's such a, such a sweet guy. And so, so nice and was so understanding and supportive of where we were at mentally at the time. So he really kind of allowed us to be who we needed to be at that time. You know, you know, we were kind of falling apart and trying to rebuild all at the same time. And he just, he was very understanding and supportive of that and uh, kind of just helped guide us through that really rough time in our lives and, uh, you know, help us make this album and make it, make it sound great. Yeah. I I know you, yeah, I know you and Ben. Say that again. We wouldn't have been able to do it without him. I love him. Yeah, I know that. I know that you and Ben co-produced the record, and he recorded and mixed it. And just, just sonically, I just think it sounds awesome. I mean, it just sounds so great to crank up. And you, like I said, it's loud and punchy, but you still hear everything. And I, I think a lot of that, unfortunately, in the in the times we're in with music and the way people listen to music and these compressed streams and bad audio quality and whatever. I mean, I'm a CD guy. I have the CD to crank that the CD up and just hear everything so cleanly and so perfectly without it being painful to hear is something not a lot of people accomplish. And I just think that uh, I wanted to give him a mention because I don't know him at all, but I just thought that sonically it sounded great. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we certainly strive for because I'm, I'm like you, I, I like to hear everything. Um, you know, I don't want it to be just this giant mush of wall of sound. I want it to, you know, I want it to be loud and punchy and all those things, but you, you still want to be able to hear, you know, everything that's being played. Um, and so that's, you know, and John did a you know phenomenal job at, uh, you know, accomplishing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Hey, so um, we have a, a caller or two that want to say hello to you and ask you a question. I know you said you'd be okay with that. I won't keep you too long. And, uh, but before that, one more from me. So here's my question to you, Taylor. Things yeah. are opening. I start hitting the road this week. There are a bunch of festivals announced. There are every day I'm coming on here announcing three or four tours for this year getting announced. What's going on with you guys? Are you sitting this year out? Cause I haven't seen you pop up on anything and I'm dying to hear these songs live. 
Are you sitting it out till next year? Or are you going to do stuff this year live? Uh, I think we're sitting it out till next year, but you know, that comes that, you know, that decision was made very, you know, believe me, I'm dying to play them live too, but uh, you know, that decision was a hard one to make, but you know, in all honesty, like by the time we haven't played a show since December of 2017 and we haven't been in the rehearsal space. So like we need to, you know, I, I really wanted to, you know, instead of just jumping back out on the road really quickly, um, since we can now, you know, we've never really had the time before, uh, really get in a room together. And, you know, I really wanted to take months in a room with the band and, and really up our game wise. And, you know, so when we come back out, we're really kind of a new band, you know, um, really make this a new band that is, is better, um, you know, better than we were before. And so when we come out, it's, it's really, you know, something something to see um that being said we do have you know 2022 it's almost fully booked uh you know we're, we start with in the spring with a couple of arena tours with bands i'm not allowed to say yet um and then we have the festivals in the u.s and europe in the spring and summer and then you know and then we're off um 2022 2023 and so and i think we're probably gonna i don't know if i'm supposed to say this but i think we're probably gonna start uh playing some club shows in New York city. And that's kind of how I want to start it. Um, you know, getting back to my roots and getting back to New York and, uh, and starting, starting there and kind of, you know, building it organically, um, before we jump into every, <laughs> so I think those are going to be announced soon, but, uh, I guess I just announced it, but <laughs> I think the tickets are going to be announced soon. Um, so but, you you, know, but as exciting. far as who you're going to play those arenas with, that's not announced or can't be announced yet. Yeah. I can't say yet. <laughs> okay. But that's when that happens. That's supposed to be January. Um, spring. It's spring. So spring of twenty twenty two. So the plan would be to do some of your own shows, smaller shows, to start the year next year, and then go into that maybe in markets. You know, do the small shows in markets that's not hitting, and then do your own stuff. Uh, but but to just really take the next six months to to fine tune things live and and not do shows. Yeah. And just, yeah, and just to, and to play and get back into it. And, you know, and it's been fun. Like, we just started and, uh, you know, just getting to hang in the rehearsal space with the guys again and, and really get back into being a band. You know, we've, we've been separated for so long. Um, is You know, I think we, we, I really wanted to take that time to make sure that it's, it's all awesome, you know, by the time we go back out. So Jamie, Mark, and Ben are all there in Maine also? They're, they're all based there, or they come up when you're there and, and stuff's ready to happen? Um, Mark and Jamie are in New Hampshire, and Ben's in Maine, and I'm in Maine. So if we're, it's, it's, but, you know, we were, it's New England. It's all, it's all close. <laughs> all right, yeah, cool. Well, all right, very good. All right, well, I guess we'll wait a little longer patiently, as patiently as we can be for some live shows. But listening to this record, well, I, I just keep... I think we're going to do some live streaming stuff, um, which is I'm really excited for. I think uh, hopefully late this summer, I think we're going to Seattle and uh, we're going to be doing a live version of Only Love Can Save Me Now with Matt and Kim. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to be presented yet, but uh, that's something that we have in the works. You know, I'm glad you said that. We'll I'll talk to you offline about it and I'll bring it up, but we maybe around that there's something we can tie in because today Los Angeles officially reopened and our studios out there where I work from started open. So maybe we could do something cool out there around that time when you're going west anyway, but we'll talk about it and maybe some something yeah, cool totally. we could put together. Because yeah, it might be cool to do some special stuff like that. Uh, just to to play at least some of it live before you get out and go 
go full tilt next year. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what we're thinking is, is do kind of some special, uh, you know, special things. Kind of not, you know, from my house quarantine style, but you know, full on <laughs> full band performance. Um, you know, just not a full on tour yet. Have you written? Have you written anything for what would be a follow up record to this? Just in the time that you have right now. Yes. You have. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is. I have, and I have to kind of like slow my slow down because I, you know, I'm still very much in the death by rock and roll world. And if I if I go too far down the rabbit hole of writing, then I'll be on to the next record before we even toured this one. So I had, I had to kind of like shut that side of my brain off almost. But that's not such a bad thing. I've talked to a couple artists who have done that, and they're going to put another record out relatively sooner than normal. Maybe Death by Rock and Roll Volume 2 comes out before you even tour. What about that? Yeah, who knows? Anything <laughs> could happen, man. It's a crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wrote a song about that, too, so <laughs> that was a couple yeah. albums ago, but... You've covered that. All right, look, I'm going to let, uh, since you've been so gracious to to say hi to the audience, I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to grab a couple calls and, and, and let some of the audience say hello real quick, and I'll let you go. I won't keep you very long, but uh, we have some people that would love to say hello to you, if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's, uh, let's get Keith in Baltimore, who's been waiting for a long time, wants to say hi to Taylor Momsen. Keith, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Taylor. Nice to meet you, at least over the, the phone and the radio. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you, man? Good. Now, you just said anything could happen. Would you ever revisit Where Are You Christmas? Do a metal version of it. That's actually something we've been talking about, if I'm being honest. Um, really? So, yeah. So, uh, possibly, yeah. That, you know, I thought I was that might, that might that happen one, but... sooner than later. <laughs> I was just wondering if you would ever revisit that, what your feelings are when you watch the movie. I don't really watch it. Like it comes on every Christmas and you know, it's, it's on TV. And so like, I'll watch like a few seconds of it and then I get uncomfortable because it's weird to watch myself. So I, I flick it, but I uh, flick the channel, but uh, it's, you know, it, it's, 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 it's cool to be a part of something that is so, you know, I was only, I was a child, you know, I was five years old. So it's, it's cool to be a part of something that is, you know, brings such joy to people every year. And, um, you know, I, I have nothing but fond memories from that experience. So, um, yeah. Are you are you somebody when movies or TV shows or stuff you've done like that comes on that you don't want to watch it? Like you, like I know for me, like I, I somebody sent me an old episode of that metal show, which is only like ten years old at this point. I was like, I can't, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see it. But when you you've done you know TV movies and stuff like that. And you, like you said, super young, five years old. I mean, what what do you think? I, I imagine it's awkward to see. You don't know how to, like, it's weird looking at oh, a mirror of yourself as a kid like that. It's super weird, and it makes me totally uncomfortable. And I, I watch, <laughs> like, like I said, I watch like five seconds, and then I'm like, okay, I'm good. That's enough. <laughs> but I like the idea of doing the song. That would be fun. So that is in that is possibly in the works. And hey, Christmas will be here in less than six in six months. We'll be in that mode less than so. I know, right? Time flies. So, yeah, it's something we've been talking about. All right. All right. There you go. Here's, um, here is Aaron, Long Island, New York. Hey, Aaron. Hi. Aaron, how old Hi. are you? I'm 13 years old. 13, and you're a Taylor Momsen fan, huh? Mm hmm. Me and my sister really love her music. Wow. That's oh, awesome. Hi, 
Well, you're on the phone with her right now. Go ahead and ask your question. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Erin. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm good. (laughs) Do you have a question? Me and my sister wanted to know if you would come by the Paramount. On Long Island. On Long Island. We come by. I can't hear you. Say it again. Oh, okay. Yeah. The phone. Th- thanks for the call, Aaron. I'll, I'll translate for you a little bit. So she's she lives on Long Island, and there's a I haven't been there, but a great venue there called the Paramount. She's asking if you would ever consider playing there. Oh, I would play anywhere. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. The the, uh, the artists usually don't pick where they play. It's there's booking agents that do that, and it's based on availability and all that stuff but keep an eye on the listings and maybe the pretty reckless will come there and play and i don't know if they'll if you're of age to get in but (laughs) hopefully it sounds like dad was in the background he'll bring you thank you for the call this is uh i hope i'm saying your name right yoshua am i saying that right in albany yeah you're saying that right how you doing hi good go ahead you're on with taylor what's going on taylor how you doing I'm doing all right. How are you, man? Uh, I had a question. You ever think about adding keys to your uh, your band? Add a little uh, different sound. I mean, you you have some songs that like I've listened to that have a little bit of keys in them, but yeah, that's <laughs> these questions are fan questions are are pretty on point. It's actually something we've been talking about um, is uh, is adding some keys and and maybe not all the time, but uh, it's it's certainly something that we, cause we, you know, there's a lot of piano and stuff on the albums and organ and all that. Yeah. 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 It could be, uh, yeah, it might be something interesting to, to take that out on the road and, uh, and not just be the four piece that we are, but, you know, but at the same time we love being a four piece and, and cranking amp. So it's, it's kind of a weird decision to make, but, uh, it's something that we're certainly considering and thinking about. Well, well, yeah, these, these, uh, these, Listeners have some premonition here. So, Yeshua, thank you for that call. Appreciate it. So, Taylor, just in, in letting you go, I mean, it's been a hell of a ride. I know this whole thing has been a crazy a few years for you getting this record out, but it's got to feel good where things are at now. As the country starts to open, things start to happen. And and for you personally, the response and reaction to this record, not just from me, but from a lot of folks, seems to be fantastic. I know it's got to be weird to not be able to tour behind it when it just came out. But, you know, just just in sort of recapping, I mean, do you feel good about where everything's at right now and and optimistic where things are headed for you and the band? Absolutely. I think I think, you know, the world's opening up. I think, we're you know, everything's starting to move forward. You know, I think we're in a really good place right now. Um, you know, I mean, we put out, you know, the first two singles, you know, <laughs> both of them went number one. And like, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's very weird to not tour on it, you know, right away. But at the same time, it's it's kind of cool to kind of sit back and see, you know, the reactions of everyone from a different standpoint. Um, and so when we do get out on the road, you know, hopefully, you know, it, it won't be a brand new record. And maybe, you know, the fans will know the songs and stuff. So it'll be kind of a new uh, experience for us and a new impact. You know, it'll be brand new in one way, but at the same time, the fans will, uh, you know, know the songs. So that should be really fun. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of artists that put out records and they go right out on the road before sometimes the record's even out. So the fact that this record will have had like a year to really seep in with people, uh, that that when you play songs from it live, I imagine that's going to make it even more impactful. That's yeah, that's the hope. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the hope. Um, you know, I think 
we always, you know, when we put out a record, we were on the road, like you said, before the album was out or right afterwards. And so, you know, you're kind of introducing fans to the new record when you're playing it. And then by the end of the touring cycle, you know, the fans seem to know it. But uh, this will be this will be a new experience. And I think that's going to be really exciting. Last question. You had uh, you had members you, you collaborated on this record with Matt Cameron, Kim Thale on the current single. Only Love Can Save Me Now. Again, the video's out for it now. You had Morello on a track on here. Who Who's out there? Who's the number one person, not counting those people because now you've done something with them, but who's the number one person for you personally? Like if you could collaborate with on a future song, on a record, is there someone out there that you you haven't connected with that you'd love to do something musically with? It's hard to say because really the song comes first and the song dictates, you know, who, if anyone should, you know, outside of us should be on it, you know, and we've collaborated with Warren Haynes and, you know, the, um, back to the river on our previous album. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that was the song came and it was like, well, this needs a, a fantastic slide player. Well, let's call Warren Haynes, you know, so it's, the song kind of dictates who we ask if we ask anyone um, to be a part of it. So right. it's hard to say, but I, I mean, I would love to work with, uh, I'm a huge Oasis fan. So I'd love to work with Liam or Noel at some point. I think that, that would be really cool. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd get them together, but maybe separately on separate yeah, right. tracks. <laughs> maybe I'll break two songs. <laughs> It'd be great if you just got them together and then you just had the record end with like a three-minute track of them just yelling at each other and cursing at each other. It'd be awesome. Yeah, right, that, there's, that's the song. There's the song. You don't even did need you, the music. Just record did, them yelling at each other. <laughs> oh, God, I could you listen to those guys talk forever and curse at each other forever. Did you see the Oasis documentary? I did, yeah. You you absolutely need subtitles in it too, but it's just oh yeah, no, they're so funny. I mean, I think they're so funny. Like <laughs> I, I love like I, I YouTube Oasis interviews and stuff all the time. They're just they're so they're so funny. <laughs> I find oh. them absolutely hysterical. They broke the mold so, with those guys. Talented too, like Oasis, like they're both so great. Yes, of course, but I mean, and if you follow Liam on Twitter, he's great too. Like he just I do, yeah. Like you got to. Re- you got to appreciate people who just give no fucks. And that's what that guy is. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they're all right. Well, there's that to the comedy. Oh, God. Yeah, for sure. Well, Taylor, great to catch up with you and, uh, you know, enjoy your time. I mean, relative downtime, because it sounds like 2022 is going to be pretty crazy for you and the band. But uh, I can't wait to see you and see a live show. And we'll keep cranking the record until that point. Amazing. Thank you so much, Eddie. It's great to hear your voice again. Same here. We'll talk soon, okay? Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks to Taylor. Always great to visit with her. Can't wait to see that band get back out on the road and play live. That new album begs to be heard live. Certainly hope she's able to do that. Sounds like we'll get a bunch of dates sometime next year. Also, again, thanks to Amy Lee and Lizzie Hale heard earlier on the podcast. Everything is on the SiriusXM app if you missed it. And you can always listen to full shows there as well of my daily show, Trunk Nation, on volume, SiriusXM channel 106. Listen every day live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, nightly re-airs, 10 to midnight Eastern. And uh, thank you for checking out the show if you're in the U.S. or Canada. Thank you for listening to this podcast wherever you are in the world. At Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, eddietrunk.com is my online home. A lot of appearances there. Check them out. 
And I'm on Cameo as well, if that is of interest to you for a personalized video. See you next Thursday for a new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. For those that listen on Sirius XM, catch you every day talking rock. Take care. Have a good week. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.